First of all. Yes. Uh, you can remove this comment or question from the episode if you yeah, want yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, I always can. Yeah, I know. I guess I don't need to give you permission to do <laughs> no, that, do no. I? <laughs> I just fucking do it, bro. All characters, businesses, and events in this podcast are entirely fictional. Any resemblance to real persons or entities is merely coincidental. Mysteries and Madness involves love, crafty, and horror, and as such, can contain scenes of violence and gore some may not find to their tastes. We've been known to drop the odd filthy fucking F-bomb. Can't say we didn't warn you. In a parallel 1940s, supernatural terrors do exist, and a lone private investigator named Jack Shepard takes cases that lead to dark ends. This is Mysteries and Madness, a podcast where two friends play a detective role-playing game presented as a radio drama. <laughs> radio drama. Drama. A podcast where two friends play a detective role-playing game presented as a radio drama. My God. I'm Dave Colmine. I'm the director of our game. I know who's done it, and I portray the locations and characters in our story. And my name's Todd Sullivan. I play Jack Shepard, a man who is hungover more often than not, drunk more often than he should be, and investigating uh, a series of dark events in the city of Los Angeles. This is Mysteries and Madness, the case files of Jack Shepard, case two, chapter three. Yesterday in the life of Jack Shepard, private investigator. October 10th, 1945, the nurse and the explosives. Awoke early from a dream of barn animals to find two cases waiting for me. Uh, they may be interrelated though. They come via Margaret Deacon. A Thomas Thengen was reported missing from a work site that Margaret was overseeing. He's a demolitions expert. And not only has he disappeared, but so has the dynamite that he was going to be working with. No one seems to know where Thomas has gone or where the dynamite has gone, but everyone is looking for both him and the dynamite. Myself and, uh, it seems, mob representatives as well, because Bugsy Siegel, Bud Barron, and Mickey Cohen are all connected to this work site and to Thomas Thengen being hired. Alongside Thomas's disappearance, Ella, the nurse that was looking after Helen Deacon, has also gone missing. At the moment, there are few leads to direct me in any particular direction. Ella seems to have intentionally packed up and left, whereas Thomas seems to have encountered some kind of a stone, likely from the statue I encountered near Roy's garage a few weeks ago. Thomas left his work site muttering about shit, which appears to have become a rather important focus in his life for the rest of that day. When I visited his home, I found two interesting things. One was uh, a phrase written in what I believe was shit along the wall above his bathtub. It read, a river of shit would cleanse lands so befouled. I also found blueprints of, of some kind. I wasn't sure what sort of building it was for. 
but it did contain a state of California stamp on it. And I will need to investigate these further. Additionally, his garage may have contained bomb-making supplies or the remnants of the TNT. Later in the evening, I headed to the Alegria, no longer managed by Whitey Alexander, who vanished a few weeks back, which has allowed Bud Barron to slip into that position. After leaving the Alegria and returning home, I uh, discovered a brand new liquor spot open next to my apartment named Spirits. Decided to drop in and have a look at the selection, and it was respectable. Found an impressive new whiskey to try out with notes of smoke and oak. Quite tasty. Off to sleep now, uh, hoping for a dreamless evening and to awake fresh and ready to tackle the case tomorrow. Well, Jack, good morning. It's the morning of Friday, October 11th, 1945, and you wake mildly restless. Actually, I can tell you exactly how you wake. Yes, because I, I believe I rolled a die to find out what kind of sleep or what kind of, you know, evening experience I was going to have. Yeah, at the end of yesterday, we introduced this new uh, game mechanic called the Table of Unforeseen Consequences. Mm -hmm. The die result, we roll 2d6, and the die result can actually be influenced by the whiskey tokens, which didn't come into play yesterday, but may in the future. You rolled a 4. And 4 means? Your senses are dulled, but you can't tell. You have numb ignorance to your hangover. Gain edge 5, numb ignorance. What does numb ignorance get me? So, edge five, numb ignorance. For the rest of the day, you gain an additional die for cool and stability challenges. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, and you get a minus one to the result of all other challenge rolls. <laughs> okay. And you can do it with athletics, driving, trying to be stealthy, detect whether or not there's trouble coming around you're <laughs> a numb and ignorant, and ignorant but that okay. makes you cool right. and super mentally stable right okay so you gain an extra die on cool and stability i feel like that's challenges. how i live most of my life <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> this is a state i aspire to be <laughs> <Exactly>. in <laughs> so jack shepherd you wake with numb and ignorance with, with yeah with a numb ignorance in the form of a hangover yeah or a hangover in the form of numb ignorance. Okay. Semantics. What's on Jack's agenda for the day? Well, I guess the first thing I'll do is is find out whether you've prepared another daily newspaper for me. <laughs> Sounds great. You head downstairs to the bookstore. Say hi to Marjorie, the bookstore owner. Buy the paper like you do every day. No major stories of note. Once again, beautiful weather through the weekend. Full moon on Sunday. I've got a few things in mind that I'd like to do today. I think that the first stop I want to make is at the LA County offices, department, whatever, uh, to try to pursue some information about those blueprints that I found at uh, Thomas Thengen's place. Okay. Sounds like a great start to your day. Uh, as you go to leave your office, the phone rings. I guess I should answer it. So you answer it? You just 
pick it up and say nothing? Yes, hello? <laughs> hello? Hey, now, settle down. I is was going to answer. Is there good, a Mr. Hello? Good, good, good morning, Jack Shepard. Ah, Mr. Shepard. Sugar, how's it going? This is Bernice. You gave me your card yesterday? Bernice, of course I remember you. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm just great, Sugar. Thanks for asking. How can so, I help you? So you gave me your card. Well, turns out I just had a very interesting interaction with Ella. You found Ella? Well, so I heard some noise outside. I decided to go outside, and Ella's door was open. So I went up to the door, just say hello. Yep. And inside was her and a man moving a bed. Moving a bed in or out or within the house? They just had it in their hands, both of them. And they ended up loading that into the truck and taking it away with them. Okay, there was a truck there? Yeah, it was a nice little truck. Rust, rust red, kind of. Pickup truck, wood slap boards above the box in the back. Anyway... So I go in there. I just say, Ella, I haven't seen you forever. I'm really wondering what's going on. Her and this man, they did not look good. They, Ella looked like she ain't bathed in a week or more. And he looked better, but not by much. Okay, so they both look like they have been, they, they were in the same sort of condition, not taking care of themselves. Yes, I definitely say so. No showers among those two for a while. Real quiet, too. Man didn't say nothing. Whew, I got a chill from them both, especially him. Can you describe him to me? Skinny, but strong, with a tan. Short black hair, about medium age. Handsome, maybe not as handsome as you there, sugar. <laughs> and tell me about Ella, what did she look like? Just a wreck. I mean, clothes weren't too dirty, but... Her hands, her hair especially, hadn't been washed in quite a while. I mean, it's not super polite to say, but whew. But here's the thing now. I just go to ask. I say, Ella, I mean, where you been? And she's got no words for me. So she didn't say anything to you at all? She was kind of like she was in a trance. She said, told me to go, told me to get away. I just got a weird feeling from them both. I did not feel safe in that moment, Jack. I really did not. And I felt, at the end of the day, not my business. And that's when I remembered I had your card. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm very glad you called. I just watched them drive away just a few minutes ago. Did, was the bed the only thing they took? Bed, bed frame, and a mattress, from what I saw. Yeah. Was there anything else in the truck already, or was it just, just that? I didn't take a closer look at it, sugar. I really didn't. I just, had to, I just wanted to get away and get off. I understand. Ooh, give me chills. Anyway, I'll let you know if they come back or anything. All right, yeah, let me know if you, if you happen to see Ella again. I, I most definitely will, Mr. Shepard. Thank you so much for your time, Bernice. No problem, no problem at all. You, uh, ever interested in a warm meal, you let me know, all right? All right. <laughs> Bye-bye now. Bye, sugar. <laughs> what does Bernice look like? Bernice has a curvaceous figure to her, um, kind of short, uh, a little on the heavier set side, but very, uh, if it was an hourglass, it just, it holds a lot of time. <laughs> That's a good description. I like that. Uh, all right then. Um, I'm going to, I guess, continue on my way to the office of the LA County Municipality of LA. Yeah. So you head to the, uh, Los Angeles County Municipal offices. Head over to 
What would it be, like planning and development? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. You head over to the planning and development department, walk through a door into a room that has this musty smell of paper, and a, a slight gentleman behind the counter who's balding on top with a pair of glasses on and uh, a sweater vest. Uh, yes, how, how can I help you? Uh, yeah, I'm hoping I can uh, talk to someone involved in, uh, who would know about uh, blueprints that have been you know, approved or looked at for uh, the city here. Hey, you're in the right spot. That's what we do here. Uh, what are you here to inquire about? Well, I'm, I'm a private investigator uh, working on a case of a missing person. I've come across these blueprints. And I'll sort of unroll the blueprints and, and put them down. I assume there's a, a surface nearby that I can roll it out on. Yeah, it's a, quite a broad counter in front of you. Ooh, that's a beauty. Huh? That's quite the thing they've built it there. certainly is. Yeah. Do you know what this is? Oh, of course I do. Why, this is the new Hyperion plant. I mean, it's hard to miss. What a marvel of engineering. Yeah, I, I don't I don't read a lot of blueprints on a day-to-day basis, so I, I can't say I recognized it. When was this built? The initial plant's been running for almost 20 years now, but uh, the new Hyperion upgrade is, is new. It's just, just recently opened, actually. Uh, we're now the largest water treatment facility on the West Coast. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's quite the marvel of engineering. We're, uh, we're no longer polluting the ocean to near the same degree. It's, it's just a real marvel. Interesting. Hypothetically, if someone was looking to damage this facility, say if they wanted to blow up a portion of it, what do you think would cause the most damage or impact the, the operations of this facility the most? Well, aren't those some interesting they questions? They certainly are. And let me tell you, this investigation is taking me into some interesting places. Uh, exactly. Who are you exactly now? My name's Jack Shepard. I'm Jack a Shepherd, private eh? investigator. And, and I'll you... pass him a card. And, well, okay. A private investigator. Okay, I see. Well, all right, all right. Well, I mean, I'm no engineer. I'm more of a librarian of drawings than anything else. Mm. What you needed is to talk to an engineer about okay. something like this. In fact, I could put you in touch with the engineer who helped design this facility. That would be brilliant, sir. Bauer. Jim Bauer. I may have some contact info for him in my office. Let me just go to the back and check real quick. Fantastic. Thank you so much. This was Hyperion was the building, right? Hyperion Water Treatment Facility. And this little gentleman uh, returns with a little piece of paper and goes, yeah, here we go right here. I got Jim Bauer's number here for you. This is the engineer who helped work on the Hyperion plant. Excellent. Uh, do you have a phone I can use, perhaps? Why, sure. Let's make that happen. All right. I appreciate it. And uh, you follow him back to his office. Yep. He gra- grabs the phone, puts it across the desk, and you now have the phone number and the phone. I'm going to make the call. Hello, Jim here. Mr. Bauer, uh, my name is Jack Shepard, private investigator. Do you have a couple minutes to talk? Jack, uh, what is this in regards to, man? It's, uh, it's in regards to the Hyperion water treatment facility. I understand uh-huh. you were one of the engineers who helped design it. Yeah, head engineer on that project. Beautiful thing. I mean, gosh darn it. What a marvel of engineering. How can I help you with this, Jack? What's going on? Well, I've encountered the possibility that this missing person might want to cause some damage to the water treatment facility. 
And I'm, Whoa, that's a that's a quite the charge. Have the police been called about this? Well, again, not at this point. It's just I'm just looking into it privately, uh, and I don't know for sure this is the case. I'm just trying to wrap my head around the the hypothetics of what could happen if someone were to damage this facility. Boy, that's a heck of an allegation there, Mr. Shepard. We are in luck, Jack. I'm still doing monthly visits to the facility. Got to check it out from time to time. Just see that everything's running smoothly. I was supposed to do it next week, Monday. I could switch that to today if you needed to go down there and check this out. Yeah, I would appreciate that. All right. Could probably be there about 1 p.m. I'll meet you there, Jim. All right. I hope this is nothing, man. Uh, I'll see you later. Bye-bye now. I'm going to go to uh, the L.A. General Hospital to look into Ella. You go to North Central L.A., there's a tall, broad, tanstone building that will stand for over a century, imposing. It looks equally like it could be a courthouse. Inside are off-white checkered floors and a bustle of activity with little security. You approach the main desk where nurses work busily behind it. Uh, okay, uh, I'll go up to the, the front office and or the front desk, the front the entryway, whatever, um, and ask if Ella Hurst is working today. You get the attention of a middle-aged nurse with the name tag Doris. Ella hasn't worked here in six months, but if you find her, I think she might have been responsible for a crime here recently, too. So you let me know. So you think she's responsible for a crime? Well, listen, we have lost several bottles of heroin. And that same day, one of our custodians said they saw Ella moving quickly and nervously, but lost her down the hallway. It's a friggin' huge building and we're a busy place. So you let me know. You find Ella. You come back here. Let me know where I can find her, too. When was this that the heroin went missing? About a week and a half ago now. Last Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday last week. Anything else uh, do you know about from that day? It was busy as all hell here, but that's nothing new. It's always busy as all hell here. That's L.A. for you. Hell, eh? Now, we can't be certain of anything either, but that custodian swears he saw her. Did, did he notice that she was with anyone, or was she by herself? By herself, looked like a nurse. He tried to talk to her, but she saw him come and move the other way, and that was it. Happened so quick. He brought it up to me, Ed did, and I, I didn't think two things of it. Uh, Could have just been him mistaken uh, someone for someone else until, uh, when you know, same night, inventory gets done and the heroin, we got a bunch of heroin missing. So now I do wonder about what went down there. All right. Thanks for the information. Hey, no problem. Hey, you got a card or something I can take from you? And you hand her a card. She writes her number on the back of it. This is my main line of the hospital. You find Ella, you let us know. Maybe we'll put charges against her. All right, and here, take my card, the real card, uh, in case you think of anything you haven't mentioned. Or if you see Ella again, or anything else strange happens. Yeah, no problem. She takes it uh, with her right hand already moving away from you towards the next fire she has to put out in this yeah, nursing yeah, for sure. Well, that took the better part of two hours to get across town and talk to her. You should go to Hyperion a Water Treatment Plant and go meet Jim Bauer. Jim Bauer. Let's go. Hyperion Water Treatment. Rah, rah. Booyah. 
drive west towards the beach on a large compound. Uh, brick walls about eight feet tall within a, a chain link fence above that with uh, razor wire at the top of the fence around a massive facility uh, with a big parking lot on one side of it and a main entrance gate. You are at the Hyperion Water Treatment Facility. All right, um, I'm gonna head for the entrance and see if I can find Jim Bauer. I don't know what Jim Bauer looks like, but I assume he will look like he's looking for somebody. You go to a security gate, meet the security guard, explain that you're Jack Shepard. Yeah, looking to meet Jim Bauer. Yeah, uh, Jim just came through. He put your name on the list. You can just head right in and up the stairs to your right and end those doors. You'll find a set of offices down on the left. You'll probably find them in there. All right, thank you very much. And you head and follow those instructions and make your way um, down a steel girdered walkway on the second floor of uh, the inside of a one of the brick structures. You can hear a lot of engines and various refining equipment running. Inside the fence of this compound, there are many large circular vats. You start to piece together the drawing that you saw and what's in front of you to a certain degree. There are big circles on the drawing and these are big circles, these vats. You follow the guard's instructions and walk into an office with two men. One of the men is seated behind the desk. The other is standing kind of mid-room, who's uh, kind of tall with a big square jaw. You must be Jack. Hey, it's Jim. Jim, Jack. Hey, Jack. This is Sean. He points to the man behind the desk. Sean runs the plant here at Hyperion. Oh, Sean. So, <laughs> Jack, uh, can you uh, tell Sean what you were telling me earlier? Yeah, I I have a, a suspicion, not a not a not a particularly well founded one, but I'm investigating a missing persons case, and uh, I, I discovered the blueprints for this location in this missing individual's home, and along with other parts of the investigation that I can't divulge at this moment, it did lead me to consider the possibility that he might be trying to cause some damage to this facility, and what all I'm trying to find out is whether or not there would be a reason that someone might want to do that. Would there be a benefit? What, what would happen if someone blew up a chunk of this building? Jim and Sean share a look across the desk and then look at you. Well, it wouldn't be good, Jack, i tell you what. I mean, effluence into the ocean, a smell that could cross this city that no one wants to smell. These are serious charges. I, uh, Jack, I think we need to get the police involved. Sean, what's your uh, take on this whole thing? I mean, I, I agree. I, I, this sounds like a considerable threat, and that's something that we should take lightly. Uh, I don't know if there is any reason to think that this will happen. It's, it's a possibility that I'm entertaining, but it's, it's one of many possibilities. Like I said, I found the blueprints, uh, well, actually, let me show you the blueprints. And you lay the blueprints out on the desk? Is there, is there anything marked on these blueprints that look odd or uh, out of place, modifications, marks that might indicate something? Damn, that's good work. I tell you, we built a hell of a facility here. I'm Jim Bauer, by the way. <laughs> yes, Jim, thank you. Very nice work, as I understand it. Yeah, these lines here. I didn't write these lines in. These are extra. If this looks correct. I think that whoever was messing with these drawings is targeting the effluence tanks. And that would cause what? These are the large ponds where we filter uh, the black water from the grate. 
blah, blah, for lack of a better term, rivers of shit. We could, you could get some serious, it would be quite the flow. It happened fast, but there'd be uh, a real brief and nasty deluge. I'm sorry. Did you just say rivers of shit? Hey, man, it's a nasty idea with a nasty title. <laughs> I think I may have made a connection to something. Well, I would recommend potentially increasing security around the areas marked on the map. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Hey, Sean? Uh, yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, I, I will make some calls, add extra security. How long do you think this threat could possibly exist? Uh, one to two more game sessions. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Uh, as I said, I'm trying to track this guy down. Uh, I'm hoping to find him sooner rather than later. Don't know what else to tell you, sir. Okay, well, here's my card. And I want yours, Jack. And you let me know the moment you gain some headway on this. And I'll pass him my card and say, yes, sir, I will certainly let you know what I find or when I find it. And, uh, and please do the same. If you encounter anything odd going on around these effluent tanks, uh, please uh, let me know. Hey, no problem, Jim. Thanks for bringing this to my attention. I'm going to make some phone calls. What's this guy's name again? Sean Buck. Sean Buck. Is that an S-E-A-N or S-H-A-W-N? S-E-A-N. It's the only thing. All right, Jack. Well, good luck. I hope you find whatever this is. Such a beautiful plant. I can't imagine anybody harming one of my creations. I know. I know. It's, uh, it makes me proud to be an American standing inside of this place. Whew. Does it ever jack you? You really hit the nail on the head. Good day, gentlemen. You better find this guy, Jack. I'm be holding you personally responsible. What if my baby gets killed. To do. I'm, yeah. Don't kill my baby. <laughs> I guess I leave the facility. What time is it? It's mid to late afternoon. What now, Jack? I would like to head back out to the work site at Ray's Garage, or the former Ray's Garage location. make the drive back out to San Bernardino. You arrive as the men on the job site are getting in their vehicles, kind of the end of the day. There's still a few trucks left. You don't see Chris Pickler anywhere, but could probably assume he's in his work trailer, being that it's near the end of the day. Once again, same as yesterday, the backhoe sits dormant near the rubble that was Roy's garage and the oddly menacing pit. This time you have no choice. You walk towards the rubble and the rim of the pit. It must take a stability challenge. This is a stability challenge with an advance of nine called Just How Much Have You Drank Away? Okay. As you are hit by a wave of... A wave of recollection and 
shocking quick cuts. <laughs> well, it's all, it's all a little too late for you now, isn't it? <laughs> of that nasty day at Roy's Garage. You have two dice for stability? Plus one die because of numb ignorance. Oh, is that right? So you have to roll three dice? Okay. I do, sir. <laughs> okay, so roll your first die because you roll them one at a time. All right, die number one. We have a six. Holy crap. Six out of the gate. Yeah. See, I'm using the right dice this time. I'm using, like, the red splotchy ones for, like, combat or bad things, and the black ones are for, like, just, like, intellect things. Ah. Right? Is this an intellect thing? It's stability. It's a bad thing. It's like a scary spooky thing. Oh, so thing. this is a blood die thing it's in your opinion? It's a blood die thing, yeah. Okay. It's fucking working, isn't it? <laughs> okay, so you got the six. And a one. And a one making seven. Okay. But you have an additional, <laughs> die, have an additional die due to your numb ignorance. So this last die will decide whether or not I'm using the right dice, I guess. <laughs> six. Holy crap, making a total of 13. 13. Well, with a 13, you reach the advance of nine. On second visit, you are sure there is a real presence here. Still. More faint now. More diffused. But blown up pieces of rubble from that monolith still carry power. Mm -hmm. Explosives weren't enough to dispel the power within that stone. Uh, let me track down, uh, let me go to the Chris Pickler's. As you regain your composure, quite easily actually, due to the fact that you're kind of numb and ignorant and hungover, you hear the work trailer door close behind you. Jack! And see Chris Pickler approaching. Excellent. Chris, how are you? How are you? Jack, how's it going? How's the case going? We're making progress. Glad to hear it. How can I help you? I have a couple of questions for you. Sure. Shoot. I realized today, somewhat embarrassingly, that I did not get a description from you of what Mr. Thomas Stengen looks like. And here I am running around looking for a guy that I wouldn't spot if I saw him. Hey, that <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's true, huh? I don't know. Tom was kind of an average-looking guy. A little on the taller side, maybe. Uh, skinny. Tanned. Dark black hair. Strong. You know, like, he, he was a strong worker, so he wasn't that kind of... He wasn't a frail skinny. He was a... A wiry. Yeah, he's just a wiry fella. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah, did you ever hear him say anything about the Hyperion water treatment facility? That new water treatment plan? No, I never heard him say anything about that. We talked a little bit about football. I don't know. That's about it. Let's think of anything else odd that happened in the day or two prior to his disappearance. Well, Jack, I'll admit this is not my favorite job site. I hear the coyotes at night here and... They don't sound like any coyotes I ever heard. I can't wait to get these tunnels collapsed and that hole filled in. It just, something about this place gives me the willies, to be quite honest. Yeah, I believe you, and uh, I, I concur. Speaking of which, my day here is done. Do you want to keep chatting at a bar somewhere? I would like to be done with this job site. 
Yeah, uh, tell me where you're going to be, and I'll, I'll join up with you there. If you don't mind, I'm just going to poke around here a little bit longer. Sure, the boys and I meet nearby. You would have seen the place on your way. For sure. I'll see you there. Okay. Is the, um, are the remains of the tunnels here, are they reachable to me? You can head back to the edge of the pit. You could make your way down. It'd be a really tough climb. You could give me an athletics check to climb down if you wanted. Uh, how about I do a preparedness check to see if I have a flashlight on me here in my car? All right. What do you have for preparedness? One die. I'm going to make it a two. I'm going to make it a two just because you're not broke anymore. And I think your chances of having it are greater because of that. Yeah. But there has to be that chance that, like, there was a power outage in my office and I pulled it out of my car for that reason that one time. So it's an advance of two plus. Okay. Six. All right. That's a pass. See? I'm using the right dice for the right thing. Ooh. And it's producing better results. It certainly is. Uh. All right. I want to, uh, I'll get my flashlight on my car. I'm going to shine it down into the pit and see if I see anything that stands out down there. Nothing stands out. You can see uh, definitely a crater where you blew up the stone in the past. Mm -hmm. um, there's a bit of a salt and pepper look to the dirt more than usual as the small little chips and pieces of black stone are strewn throughout the uh, more light brown dust. Mm -hmm. the, you can shine your light into the back of this cratered area, kind of underneath the shelf, underneath the land, and see the three tunnel openings. You're drawn to the sense that the ground gives you at the bottom of the pit. It's like the scattered pieces of that stone now strewn throughout this entire uh, kind of silty brown base to the pit now has this like spread out effect of something. It's also for like a half second you think if you jump down, you'd hit water. Like there's like, it's like the whole bottom surface of the pit is kind of permeated with this sense of something else, a darkness, a power. Um, these pieces of this stone are carrying something with it. Beyond that, you're drawn to the tunnels, uh, especially the one that you had previously seen the ghouls run out into. You question where they all go. You think about the tunnels and the darkness that they could potentially hold. All right. I guess I am jumping down into the tunnels. I believe you wanted an athletics check for that. Give me an athletics challenge with an advance of nine. And you have minus two for having a badly rolled ankle. Yeah. And receive a minus one for being numb and ignorant to your surroundings as well. So you have a minus three total. Which means to, I need a 12 to advance. So you need a 12 to advance because you have nine. Okay. Okay. First roll is a four and a one. Four and a one is a five. That is a hold. You put both legs over the edge, start to make your way down, get just as far as like your chest and your arms still above the hole and just like can't find anything with your feet and just feel that this is a very unsafe way of doing this. You're only going to become more injured and you pull yourself back up and don't go down into the pit. All right. Guess I'm going to the bar then. <laughs> you leave the property that was once Roy's garage and will hopefully soon be a parking lot and this can all be behind you trailed by your dust cloud you head down the gravel road 
pull off at a small roadside bar about 15 miles down the road. Little spot called Santa Fe. Head in and find Chris and some of the crew hanging at a table. Drink with them for the evening. There's nothing really to be gained from it. You know, you hear that Thomas was all in all a pretty good guy. Sometimes seemed a little holier than now. You know, a bit of an intellectual, but a uh, good hire. You know, did some work for the organization. Popped a few locks. That's about it. By early evening, everybody's left, and you do too. Heading yep. home. Yep. Stop by uh, Spirits. Hard as I try, maybe I just can't. I ain't no up and kind of leaving me. She kissed me one time and she took my heart. Baby, you can love me, you can leave me. I'm a honky tonk star. Yeah, I'm a honky tonk star. You ride back at your apartment and investigation firm in South LA and the welcoming glow of inviting liquor bottles mm -hmm. in the neighboring open store, yes. Spirits. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll go in. The door uh, rings as you push through it. Okay, give a wave at the, uh, the fellow behind the counter. I assume it's the same guy. Hey man, from last night, how's it going? It's going well, how are you? No financial losses this time? No, we're doing well today. Thank you. Excellent, man. Excellent. Hey, you know what? I just realized I didn't get your name last time we spoke, and I'm so embarrassed. Oh, that's okay. I'm Yens, man. Yes. Yeah, Y-E-N-S. That's, that's Yens. unique. Well, I'm kind of unique, man. You seem to be, sir. Uh, so I'm going to go back to... Uh, just then... Oh, just then. Just then you feel the push of a big orange tabby against your leg, purring away. I will sort of crouch down and give a little scritch. Mm, he purrs louder. Is this your cat, Jens? Why it is. Uh, this is Ned. How long have you had Ned? Forever, man. Huh. Your cat was in my dream last night. It was odd. Oh, was he now? He was. And he gives kind of a curious look over the counter down at your legs. And this purring cat who looks back up and the two of them make eye contact and the cat cocks his head in a way that cats cock heads. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's very interesting. Yeah. Like I've said, Ned's a cool cat, man. Good instincts. Yeah, it just seemed worth mentioning. Fun, a fun little bit of trivia for you. Right on, right on. Whiskey's back row. Life's a coat of many colors It is never black and white Can't have one without the other The dark without the light I slide my hands into my pockets as I walk slowly towards the back row, looking to the left and the right, the aisles that I pass, eyeing up spirit options like vodka and gin, tequila, liqueurs, like things that are liqueurs. But none of these are what I want right now. I'm drawn to one thing, and that's whiskey and nothing is getting between me and that whiskey. In the silent room, you can hear the click clacks 
of my shoes as I approach my destiny. I'm putting on a show for the world to see. No one will ever know that without you I'm forever blue. And you see three cheap whiskey options on the shelf. Thank you for including cheap. <laughs> when I get to my destiny. <laughs> I hope you have a name by now, because I gave you plenty of time to come up with one. <laughs> yeah, the one that your your eye is drawn to is the it's Oak Reiterman's. Okay, I will grab that. Do you want me to tell you how I walk back to the front of the store? No, bro. <laughs> Opportunity to narrate redacted. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Rescinded. No, I liked it. And it's in. It's staying in. And my comment probably isn't. Good choice, man. Good choice. And you give the man about $3.75. Yep. He gives me a brown paper bag. <laughs> he sure does. <laughs> All right. You take care now, Jack. Back at you, sir. All right. And you head back upstairs to your office and apartment. Yes. That's like where I live now. <laughs> office and apartment. <laughs> all in one. Right, COVID. Yeah. We're all working from home. And like every day, we must roll on the table of unforeseen yes. consequences. Roll 2d6, no modifiers okay. gotcha. for the table of unforeseen consequences. <sighs> Unforesee me up, baby. Just spray a little four. COVID on it there. Oh, fuck, I rolled a four again. <laughs> Guess what, sir? Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Jack Shepard is... Someone's going to wake up numb and ignorant again <laughs> yes, tomorrow. Say, you got her, pal. Ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. Yes. A numb and ignorant man for tomorrow's day with yep. Jack Shepard. Yeah, I'm a honky-tonk star. I'm a honky-tonk star. Lord, I'm a honky-tonk star Yeah, yeah, I'm a honky-tonk star Once again, you find yourself in that darkness, that inky black space where a pin drop would echo forever. You peer into the darkness and see the undulating tentacles writhing, slightly less menacing than before. You are alone. What do you do? I'll approach and, uh, and touch a tentacle. It feels cold and smooth against your hand and starts to part. Reach further in. You reach in and once again feel the difference in air temperature telling you that there's someplace else beyond this wall. Warmer, colder. Warming tentacles. It's warmer. Can I continue reaching through? Yeah, do whatever you'd like. Like, is is it? Am I able to like actually actively crawl through the tentacles? You crawl through the tentacles on all fours, arriving with your hands and forearms and knees in this silty brown red dust and look up to see the steeple of a small church cutting the full moon in half. I'll approach the church. You get up 
and approach the church and feel deja vu of Roy's garage. You push against the door. The wood feels warm in your hand. And you're inside a barn. But it doesn't feel like a barn. It's colder in feel. No warmth of wood and straw and livestock. A cow shakes its head. The bell around its neck clangs a few times. A chicken flutters away from you. Deja vu. You hear the frantic bleating of a distressed sheep outside. But the sound is hollow, echoed, distant. You see the silhouette of the man backlit in firelight. The fire dances on the walls around him, dagger raised over his head. He thrusts the blade downwards, and the bleeding is replaced with the cries of a wailing baby. The man raises his hands from the darkness in front of him and hoists a squirming newborn over his head. Other shadows appear on the walls, dancing in the fire's light as ghoulish howls join the sound of the crying child. Well, that's it. That's another episode. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much, uh, Todd Sullivan. Hi. 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 Are we starting? What do you want? <laughs> what do you want to say to everybody? Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, that I like that. Hey, thanks for listening. Like seriously, um, the one thing I think about since I've started doing podcasts is the time it takes to listen to these things. And if you are taking the time out of your likely busy schedule to spend time with us, it really does mean a lot. So uh, thanks. Thanks for hanging out with us as we tell a story that we hope you enjoy. Yeah, thank you so much. I have a different perspective. I have things I love to listen to and free time. Right? Like, I love podcasts. I listen to The Adventure Zone, uh, Dungeons and Daddies, and Mabim Bam on a weekly basis. And uh, if this just happens to be your flavor ice cream, if you're enjoying what's going on here and continue to listen, you're like, you are literally one of my favorite people. And uh, you're, you're so super cool. You're just so damn cool. Thank you so much. This is a Coal Mines Clubhouse production, which is uh, myself and my friends making cool content for the internet. Right now, this is what we're up to, and there's more coming. And we have a way that you can sponsor that and help us out, and it's the patreon.com forward slash Coal Mines Clubhouse. If you know anyone who might dig this podcast, please share it with them, and all the info is in the episode description. Your likes, comments, and subscriptions help spread this little thing we're creating here. I hope you're having an amazing day and thank you for allowing our little podcast to be a part of it. Here's some outtakes and whatnots. Have a wicked day. Cheers. Nice. That's how it works, eh? I wish it was a little easier to read. That's yeah, okay. Cork soaker. I'm old. My eyes aren't quite that bad yet. Cool. Close though. I'm gotta establish this voice a little better. Bernie's, Bernie's, right? Oh, sugar, Bernie's. What was that? That's not it. Yeah, sugar, no problem. Hey there, Jack Shepard. Well, hello, Bernie's. Um.
It doesn't matter what the... Dude, we're fucking playing strip mysteries and madness here. Oh, man, feels good. <laughs> I'm trying to let go of the pause. I'm trying to turn it more into a, a free-flowing state of speech. I think that ultimately that's what you have to do to, like... Like, if we ever wanted to do this live, you know what I mean? We would su- I would suck at it. Uh, me too. <laughs> Well, let me let me let me give you a little bit of my train of thought here, if I may. This fellow who I'm investigating has gone missing, has also disappeared. No, wait, you know what? I changed my mind. I'm not going to tell this man those things. <laughs> One of them is a man. The other is also a man. The Adventures of Two Men, One Office. <laughs> Jim Bauer, right? It's all like Jim Bauer. I don't know. Say <laughs> hey, Jim Bauer. Here, <laughs> uh, I'll have a scene to read. Yep. My current theory of how egg insemination happens in Kay. chickens. Yeah. I think a chicken lays an egg, wanders away, and if there's a rooster, the rooster then goes and does some kind of weird rooster fornication on the egg, and that's that's how it gets seeded. I agree, because that's why hens away from the rooster just make eggs that we eat. Right, exactly, and that's why, exactly, they... they, they okay. What the fuck are roosters up to? This is now what we need to know. Like, what is a rooster doing to is it an just, egg? It's just jerking off on on our I breakfast. Think, yeah, like, is it just butt stuff? It's all butt stuff. I feel like you it think the it's egg just like, comes out of a butt and then it enters a rooster butt briefly, comes back out. <laughs> you think he, you think he's, do you think he, like, butt plugs it? Yeah, I do. For reals, like, what does he do? How does a rooster uh, inseminate an egg? He's got an inverted dick in it. According to Vet Explains Pets. Once the sperm is in the hen's body, it is held in the oviduct. Then, as the egg leaves the ovary and enters the oviduct, the sperm joins with the ova and fertilization occurs. <sighs> okay, so they Roosters have a special... Roosters hens. Yeah, but then the hens have a special chamber. Yeah. They just hang on to that for a while. Oh, uh, okay. And it hangs out in there until they lay an egg, and if the egg comes through, it's like, bloop. Okay, so the cocks have got to add this... Add it to the assembly line or it doesn't get put in the box. Yeah. And then the box ships without a chicken in it. Yeah. All right. It does ship with delicious breakfast food. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Either way. 